What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam No Problema Kalau, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going pretty well. It's that strange time of year we're in now where, you know, it's what, 6.45 p.m. Eastern time right now, but it's no, 6.24. Apologies. How could you make that such a critical <laughs> error there? It feels like it's about 9.30 p.m. right now. That's being generous. It feels like it's one in the morning. Yep. So we've transitioned, you know, from baseball season to not baseball season. Yes. I think that's what causes it to get so dark now. Yes, particularly when your team loses uh, like a bunch of bunch of wimps. It also doesn't help. That being the Phillies? Uh, sure, that being the Phillies. That's your team, right? That, yeah, that was my team. Yeah, I love the Phillies so much, as we talked about. Yeah, you were all in all into them. So you were pretty, pretty sad that they lost. I didn't, it didn't matter. Not honestly. at all? No. I, I, felt, I felt a little bad for John, but I was just like, yeah. It doesn't really. I don't really care. Like it doesn't. It's not going to affect my happiness. It's not about me, Adam. Sure, sure. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Always looking out for yourself. That's well, what yeah, you got to that, do. That's what you got to do. Yeah. 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 Number one. Right. Yeah. No. Only. Only number one. That means it's it's the off season. It's the off season. So that's fantastic. For we might we might have to talk some Braves baseball today, Graham. Maybe. We won't, we won't prioritize it. No. But if we're feeling a little frisky at the end of the show, sure. maybe. Maybe we'll throw them in there. You know, believe it or not, users, we don't actually plan the show out. Not even so much <laughs> as, you know, an outline or general. I think I did a schedule at, at one point in time, but, you know, that didn't last. Yeah, no, I used to make outlines for the show every time, but it, I don't know, it just comes off as artificial. I mean, I know, like, we're going to talk about the Falcons. I know we're going to talk about the Hawks. I have talking points in my head. I've written things, you know, I've researched, whatever. But I'm not going to come here and be like, for five minutes, we're going to talk about this specific topic. We should try that. Like, what if it's amazing if we do it like that and it's, like, ten times better? All right, well, we'll do it next week and see how it goes. No, we won't. All right, well, don't <laughs> shut your mouth then. Don't, don't suggest anything ever again. All right, just let's start re-nig. the show. Let's All start right. the show. Let's start the show. Yeah, so let's talk Falcons, Adam. Brutal loss to I wanted to call them San Diego again the Los Angeles Chargers um, 2017 and it was a game marred by errors and uh, you know from Drake London getting stripped in the red zone Mariota missing pits on the last play or not the last play but the last drive uh, offensively the Falcons had that would have been an easy game winning touchdown um, and then, of course, the Taquan Graham fumble for no reason, where he was just <laughs> running and the ball just falls out of his arms. Uh, I, I, I don't. I will still never understand how that happened. Although I really wish he would have just held the ball like you know how in Madden you hold triangle. Yeah. Madden does if you hold triangle when someone's going to hit stick the shit out of you. He should have just done that because he's a defensive tackle. No one was anywhere near him, but he should have just done that just to protect the ball. He was running like he was a damn receiver. Yeah, I mean that's. That's why it happened is because that guy's never even thought of running that far on a football field, you know? No. It's like two to three yards forward generally. So he sees all that green grass. Of course, he gets excited. Um, He admitted after the fact that he should have, you know, fallen on it. But can't blame him for getting excited. But that was just like the Jets butt fumble territory in terms of. Oh, yeah. It it, it might be. It's not as bad as the onside kick. It's not as bad as the onside kick. The onside kick against Dallas. Yeah, it's but it's in the top ten. It's definitely in top ten of, of worst Falcons plays that we've ever seen. <laughs> Number one to me will always be the often the uh, the onside kick against Dallas. 
Yeah. Where everyone just stood around and looked at the ball instead of grabbing it like it was a punt or something. I mean, I will never, ever understand that, ever. This was at least just, just a freak thing that hopefully will never happen again. But when, it still hurts. When it happened live, I, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I was like, oh, surely Eckler was down. That's what I thought, too. And then it really screwed us because we could have had, like, of course, it takes them one play to get all of that yardage back. Right. Like, it would have been fourth down instead. It was first down. And we would have had at least, you know, I think 24, 25 seconds to do something with the ball. Gives you a chance. Um, but, yeah, it went from us, like, also, if he just doesn't drop it, like, we have a great chance to either win the game or go to overtime. And Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, there were just, like, so many, like, the plays you mentioned, Koo missing a field goal. There yeah, were just, Koo like, so many moments where yeah. we should have won that game. Um, and it just did not come together, and we blew it. Yeah, and it just proves, once again, you know, the Falcons are just not that good. They try really hard. They have good players in certain positions. But collectively, they aren't a good team yet. They are a middling team that busts their ass every week. We are a well-coached team that is going to be in every game. But, we, yeah, we don't have talent in all the positions. Right. And we can't make mistakes. We, really, we literally like, we cannot have to afford play to make very mistakes. clean. Especially with how decimated the secondary is right now. You really cannot afford to, to mess around. One thing, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just such a, a funny thing. Week after week, it's like, once again, the Falcons are just – Unstoppable running the football. Um, hell, I, maybe they should have run the ball even more than yes, they did. Yes, 100%. Um, 35 carries collectively for 201 yards, two touchdowns, average 5.7 on the ground. Mariota attempts 23 passes. I don't think he should have attempted more than 10 um, because we were crushing them on the ground all day. Like Algier only got 10 carries, and he got 99 yards. He was averaging 9.9 yards a carry for those that are deficient in math. Feed that man. Yeah, I mean, they all three running back, Patterson came back and looked like Patterson. That freaking touchdown run oh, he had. Oh, beautiful. We ran second over, touchdown yeah, run. Yeah, we ran over the linebacker. He yeah. just crushed him. Made Jonathan Vilma say Jesus Christ on live TV yeah. as a commentator. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't seen a running back run that hard since uh, Jaquiz Rogers in the 2012-2013 NFC Divisional Playoff game against uh, Seattle crushed the Seattle uh, cornerback on a long run. It was kind of a similar play, but this was against a linebacker, and Corderell just ran him over. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, he was like, he was like, yeah, he was the one thing between me and the end zone, and I was like, it's either going to be me or you. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we get the ball back, a tie ball game with like four and a half minutes left. The defense actually got a stop in the fourth, and we only ran the ball once there. Like, that should be our time to freaking shine. Yeah. I, I understand what Arthur Smith was trying to do. I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to catch him off guard, do this deep pass, you know, to Pitts. But when it's been working, um, and when you have a quarterback that has not been good on the deep ball all year, save for one pass against uh, Cincinnati all season, the, the pass to Bird, right, the 75-yard touchdown, you don't do that at that point. Do that earlier in the game. Do not do that now with Mariota. If you have a better quarterback, sure, maybe try that. But with how great the running game has been all day, there's no excuse not to run the football there. So let's break it down for people there, though. So, like, those looks are going to be there because the defense is stacking the box yes. so much because of how good our, our right. running game is. The logic is, is sound in the sense of, like, if you take away your personnel, or if you take away, I guess, like, if you have a different quarterback, it's perfect logic. If you have a better quarterback and, and you've been running the ball all day, 
you got nine guys in the box, and now you're going to do a deep ball to put the game away. It's not a bad idea. Do you have any concerns with the chemistry between Mariota and Pitts? And also just, you know, I heard some people uh, this week kind of throwing it out there, and I, I can't say I 100% disagree with Pitts' effort level on some of these balls. Mm. Like, don't you want to see him lay out there? It looks like it seems like he gives up on a lot of these deep passes that some of them aren't like I, I get it. Mariota does not hit many, so maybe that like just makes you give up easier than you would if you had uh, Tom Brady throwing those deep passes sure. to you. But like the one in the end zone, I feel like wasn't a great effort, and that one, like yeah, like he had a bad drop and it wasn't a great route on his part either. He kind of ran the other way and yeah. like didn't. Yeah. You got to lay out for that ball. Yeah. Yes. Yes. On that particular. Sp- that particular play, and, and what I meant about the drop happened um, earlier in the game. But yes, on that particular play, he could have laid out for it. I haven't noticed the effort thing as much. Um, I'll counter anyone who says that um, with the touchdown he caught at the game I went to uh, against the Panthers. The ball was thrown like 10 feet, not, not 10 feet, but like a, a few feet behind him, and he still caught the ball. I mean, that was maximum effort. So I don't... I don't think it's a consistent thing with with the effort. I haven't noticed it. Not that I'm the all-seeing eye or the uh, the absolute uh, judge, jury, and executioner of effort level for a Falcons player, but I haven't noticed it as much. But yeah, on that particular play, you would like to see him lay out. Um, but it just I, I I agree that their chemistry isn't good. And going back to that touchdown pass um, against Carolina, like I said, that ball was thrown so far behind Pitts, I had to make you know an unbelievable catch to reel it in. So I don't think they're they're on the same page. I think we've seen enough of Marcus Mariota to know um, that we, we need a change at this point. It's the same thing every week. It's inconsistency. It's overthrown balls, a couple of good moments. He keeps you in the game, but he's not he's not a guy that's going to win you the football game ever, I feel like. He, he really isn't, unless he's using his legs. I just, I just don't think... Which is winning you the football game. That's exactly what he did against Carolina. It is what he did against Carolina, but he also, but you know, it's also like you want a guy that can do it all. You can't, he's so one-dimensional as, as, as a quarterback to me. And he's a terrible, terrible deep ball thrower. Of course you want I mean, everyone wants a guy who can do it all, Graham. Yeah. Those guys don't just grow on trees. Well, I, well, what I'm trying to say is, why don't we give Desmond Ritter a chance at this point? We've seen enough of Mariota this season. He hasn't been terrible. There's a no, yeah, but, but he's not here's very the, good. Here's the thing. He's, he's not turning the ball over a ton right now, except on those deep balls. He is making some incredible plays throughout the game and keeping the um, his legs. Obviously, that, that's still working for him. So, like you, you put a rookie in, it could go to complete shit. Oh, absolutely, it could. But I would say and you're tied for first right you now. You have nothing to lose because you're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. You're not going to legitimately contend for the Super Bowl this year. We don't stand a chance against upper echelon teams. Philly would beat our faces in. Um, Kansas City, Buffalo. Uh, you know, majority of like really good teams would just beat the shit out of us this year. Probably Minnesota would probably beat the hell out of us too. Although, Maybe who knows? I don't know. I just don't feel like I feel like it's not a big risk because you are not a truly championship caliber team. Why not take the chance? You could catch fire. Who knows? Like, or it, you're also right. It could be disastrous. But I've seen enough of Mariota to know that I'm kind of just sick of of um, the output every week. I mean. I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't be excited as hell if I see Desmond Ritter's getting the start. And I'm really, Thursday, you know? yeah, and I'm really tired of seeing Kyle Pitts, you know, two catches for 20 yards every week for the majority of the season, or three catches for 19 yeah. yards. Drake London, same thing. And those guys did have bad drops in this game. Um, so not to totally shit on 
Mariota for that, but it's like there's something that's not working with with the passing game, and it's been nine weeks. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Um, I'd like to see what we got in Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I just don't know if you can make the switch when you're in first place right now. Like he's got to just have a completely atrocious game, which you know, like three pick type of game, right? Something like that, right? But um, it's just so limited, and we're so predictable. We're so predictable what we're gonna do. We're either just gonna run forty times and and throw these these intermediate passes, and then we have no deep ball threat. It's just yeah. you, you just gotta connect on a couple of those. It's like, but that's the thing is that he's he's thrown plenty. They're either intercepted or overthrown. There's only been one that's really worked. Sure, and that, that's just unacceptable. No, I get it, Graham. No, yeah. I get it. You and, don't you don't gotta keep telling me, Bo. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I just I just I can't stand it anymore, and I also just can't stand the lack of of pressure on the quarterback. Even when we were trying to blitz Herbert. We couldn't get anything, man. Zero sacks. I think you, you kind of jumped me there. The I was, last thing I was going to say on the Mariota Ritter oh, thing sorry. is yeah. what we've discussed in the past where I think you got to trust Coach Smith, and they're seeing Ritter in practice every day. And, the, you know, Coach Smith, he's saying he's trying to win this year. So if he thought Ritter gave him a better chance to win, that would be the quarterback. We've also seen Coach Smith make mistakes. Sure. So could he be mistaken here? Maybe, but he he has not he has not been the type of guy to just roll with the veteran just because he's the veteran, you know. Sure, which which is good. Um, but I think we're at, we're at a point, man. Um, I, at least I am. I'm at a breaking point with with this quarterback situation. Um, and the running game masks it. It really does. It keeps us competitive because we have a horrible secondary, a, a mediocre quarterback. And this is the running game, man. If we didn't have a good running game, we'd be absolutely screwed. Well, thank God we do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's really great to get uh, Cordarrelle back um, as well. But yes, to, to jump back to what I was saying earlier, no pressure on Herbert. None at all. Um, I don't know what to do about it. I, I just think it, the defense is what it is. He can't really do anything at this point. No. Yeah, I mean, you got to draft or sign a, an elite D end. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. And... Let's hope that the Falcons don't spend their first-round pick on a skill position player next year. Or I, I might throw myself through that window I'm looking at. You're, you're in a, a dark, depressed Falcons mood, aren't you? I am because it's just like this is the first time in five years I've felt anything for this team, other you know, other than apathy. We were talking about um, you know going the season. It's just like uh, you know maybe it'll be more exciting, and it has been a hell of a lot more exciting. We've been competitive. I've been really happy with the effort. So I just want to maximize that, man. Sure. I mean, you didn't think we'd win four games all year. No, I didn't. So you shouldn't be upset because we've already exceeded your expectations. Yes. Expectations have been exceeded no matter what happens for the rest of the season. We could lose every game from here on out, and I would be, I would say, you know what? They are trying their asses off, and that's great. And I, and I also, you're right. I got to catch myself and, and realize that this team is what it is, and I can't get too upset, but it's just you, you see them playing hard and you want them to succeed. You, just, you really, really are pulling for these guys. These are like the ultimate underdogs here. Yeah, I mean, a, a game like that is always going to be frustrating. Like when you, we should have won that game. I mean, we, we held Justin Herbert to 20, 20 points. That's not terrible. No, it's not at all. No, the the secondary, um, you know, got that grilled by by Josh Palmer. But other than that, they did a pretty decent job. I was really impressed with holding Austin Eckler in check. I mean, when you look at his numbers, as much as I'm talking shit about the secondary, but on 21 total touches, he only, you know, accumulates like 72 yards. He did score a touchdown, but, the, you know, I was expecting Eckler to rush for like 95, get like 85 yards receiving and a couple of scores. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, our, our, hats off to them. Our linebackering core, not great in coverage, but pretty damn good in run-stopping game uh, with Rashawn Evans, Lorenzo Carter. Yeah. Um, and it was really good to see them rebound from not such a great effort against Dante Foreman um, and the Panthers last week to holding Austin Eckler, who I think everyone would consider a, a top-five overall running back in, in the league. So they definitely made some great adjustments there. Yeah. So obviously a bummer of a game, Graham. Yes. What are you going to do? Fortunately, we got a quick turnaround this week. Right. Which, it's going to be an ugly game Thursday at oh, Carolina. Disgusting. You know, these Thursday games are ugly for a reason. Like, a NFL player is not meant to come back and play three, four days later. Can I, can I make a suggestion? I'm sure I'm not uh, the first one to do this. And I know no one from uh, the NFL will ever listen to this show. But why not make the teams that play on Thursday night have a bye the previous week? set up the buys that way wouldn't that be nice so that they have like full you know over a week to get their shit together as opposed to three days yeah but does that cut into their vacation time because they'd have to come back and play quicker maybe they're probably back to work on a monday anyways but then maybe you got to be back to work on a friday i don't know i just think we'd get a better it'd be better for the fan it'd be better for the fan i'm not worried about these millionaires vacation exactly and it would be better for the players because they would be able to rest up and not you know push their bodies to an absurd limit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's like the only good games Thursday night are generally like the first one of the year, right? Because they're fresh, right? So, but maybe this is good for us. We can just kind of ground and pound it, you know, with our three running backs, keep everyone fresh, and um, who the hell knows what's going to show up on defense? Uh, PJ Walker was terrible last week against the Bengals. Like, you want to talk about bad passing game. Oh, yeah, he was bad. It's like one for eight for nine yards or something like that. I mean, it was literally less than no, 10 no, yards. He was, he was terrible. Yeah. And, but they also said that he's going to start um, yeah. next week, even though he was pulled in the second half in the Panthers-Bengals game. Right. So they're going to be they're gonna be ready to play, though. Like, a lot of people think that they just slept. Like, they're like, who gives a shit about this Bengals game? We're not going to win it. Let's be ready for that Thursday-Falcons game. Right. And... Who the hell knows, Graham? I, I could see this game going either way. Oh, yeah. Um, we are favored by like three on the road. but Yeah, if you're a betting man, I would stay the hell away from this game. It, it, it's a literal coin flip. And um, it'll be interesting to see how the Falcons adjust, right, um, from the game uh, a couple weeks ago. Will it be, you know, are the Panthers going to just feed Dante Foreman again and hope that he is able to, you know, carry them to victory? You know, he, he crushed us in that in that uh, previous game. Are they going to throw more deep balls maybe to DJ Moore to test that Hail Mary theory? Um, you know, that worked so well for them in, in the other game. I, I'm going to be really interested to see what adjustments are made um, by both teams. You know, will Kyle Pitts be able to dominate like he did? Are, are we going to, you know, see... Because uh, Mariota, I think, threw for the uh, or attempted the most passes that he attempted all season in that, that Panthers game. And that, in despite the two interceptions, which were god-awful... That was one of his better games uh, on the year, um, I would say, in terms of throwing the ball and not making really dumb mistakes. Um, so, on those deep balls, it will help that we'll, we have Jalen Hawkins. He, he played last week. He did not play against the Panthers right, two that, weeks ago. That'll that'll help a lot. So that's going to help that secondary yeah. out. I, I, I'm not expecting Terrell back. Not that I no, have, not I that I have anything to do with that decision, but. 
I, I, I just think at this point they're just going to let it let them rest another week. Well, I think they made a mistake bringing him back when they did. Was that against Cincinnati? And then he played for like a quarter, and then he was out. Now he's been out for what two games? Yeah. Um. So yeah, let him rest up. Don't rush him back. And because um, he's he's the future of this, he's the present of the secondary. But you know for sure, you know we hope he's here for for a long, long time, locking it down. So yeah, do not rush him back. Um, how about this NFC yeah. South, Graham? It's what just, a shit show! It is a shit show. We are like we said last week. We're like the new NFC East. Um, the Bucks should not have won that. They game. should not have won that game against the Rams, but they did. So they are now back in first place, well, tied um, with us. Tie with us. Suppose they, they have the tiebreaker. They have the tiebreaker right now. It's all going to come down to the uh, the big head to head game that we got coming up with. Them. It really could. That's the last game of the regular season. Yeah. Wouldn't that be exciting? That would be kind of cool. You said you wanted to see Tom Brady. I'm going to go to that game unless he retires before then. Right. I don't think he's going to retire at all. I think he's going to play at least 50 now. That he's uh, him and uh, Bridget are getting uh, divorced. What'd you call her? Brigitte. Brigitte? I don't think that's her name. No, it's not. What's it's her name? Giselle. Giselle. You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of uh, Bridget uh, Nielsen. Remember the the woman from Rocky Four? Yeah. Who also is is a blonde woman was a model. Married yeah. Sylvester Stallone right after that. Th- those could not be. Hey, I think she's been dead for like fifteen she's al- years. She's alive. No. I think she's still alive. Fact check that one. I will fact I'm check pretty that. sure she's dead. I know I'm wrong on uh, <laughs> Brady being married to Bridget Nelson. Bridget. Bridget. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why we stick to Atlanta professional Oh, uh, She's still sports. kicking. She's 59. Okay. She's hanging around. That's good. That's good. I'm glad she's not dead. Yeah, she, she's uh, she's she's hanging out. Okay. So, but, that, I don't know why. Yeah. But on the football field, he is <laughs> declining. He is declining, but I can see him still, you know, like fucking at this point of of, of ran my family in the ground. I'm going to run myself well, in the ground. The Bucks got to want him back. Well, that's true. He could be our quarterback next year. Maybe we just get like the sh- the complete shadow of uh, Tom Brady. That would be really weird. I don't know. Could you cheer for the Falcons? <laughs> it would crush my soul. But if he's a Falcon at that point, you got to pull for him, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> crush my soul. Unless he's like a mass murderer. Yeah. Which I wouldn't be surprised. No. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, Bucks are in first now. Um, Saints got their butts kicked by the the Ravens last night, so that that's good. And um, so yeah, I mean, it's really looking like it's going to come down to 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 Tampa Bay versus uh, the Falcons. But the Falcons cannot overlook the, this Panthers team. They played them super hard. The Panthers should have won that game. If you think about it, like over the last two weeks, like we should have lost that Panthers game probably, and um, should have won. We should have won this one. So it's yeah. kind of like a offsetting Trade-off. sort of thing offsetting yeah, so penalties it, i'd feel pretty good about ourselves if we do get this win on thursday then we got like a mini break mini bye week right you know with the extended weekend come back healthy against the bears at home although justin fields is starting to play pretty well they're putting up points now they're putting up points but i think they, that's gonna figure be a, out how to use him that's gonna be a really competitive competitive game i think so <clears> yeah and yeah, this Panthers game is going to be weird, man. It's going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be low scoring. I don't think it's going to be 41-38 like it was last time. I think it's going to be more in like the, the 21 to 17 range. I think it's going to be just hard-nosed football. Um, I think both teams are going to run the shit out of the ball. That's that's what I predict. And and it's going to prob- I don't think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last, but I think it will be close, it will be competitive, and it will be a really... If you thought the last game was disgusting, at least it was entertaining. I think this game will be disgusting and probably not very entertaining. It'll live up to the um, 
the infamous Thursday night football reputation of just being an absolute shit show you want to turn off after the second quarter unless you're a fan of either team. Yeah, this will be the first Thursday night football game on Amazon I watched for longer than four to five minutes. Sure. So good for Amazon there. Good for Amazon. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're really relying on us, man, yep. to, to bump up that viewership. Yep. That's what we do, Graham. Yeah. Well, you have anything else for the Falcons? Covered it? Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll uh, talk some Atlanta Hawks basketball. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are very slim, Graham. The stakes are high, and the tension is higher. Your pulse, it's racing. He kicks, and he watches the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. All right, football fans, I was 0 for 2 last week, but I've been doing pretty good on recommending bets for DraftKings Sportsbook. So let's look at what we got this week. I'm going to give you two games again. So the, the, the one game that really stands out to me on this slate is Tennessee and Denver. Denver goes to Tennessee. Denver gets 3.5 points. Denver's terrible. All right, Denver, Denver's awful. If you watch the Sunday night football game, Malik Willis wasn't great, but Tennessee almost beat Kansas City at Kansas City. I think, you know, they've been a, a you know, very quiet, respectable 5-3 and three this year. I think they get it done at home against Denver, despite giving up three and a half points. And, uh, yeah, so that's one game for you. And then I also got a pick on the Green Bay Packers, who lost uh, to the Detroit Lions last weekend. Uh, they're five-and-a-half-point underdogs to Dallas. I think you take Dallas, even though they're going on the road, and Lambeau, Green Bay is definitely going to be desperate and trying to win. But Dallas has been pretty damn good this year. They have a great defense. Aaron Rodgers looks like a shell of himself. Take Dallas, even though they're giving up five and a half against Green Bay. So that's Dallas against Green Bay. Take Dallas. And that's Tennessee against Denver. Take Tennessee. Thank you, Graham, for those wonderful picks. Um, to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up. Same game parlays once per game all season long. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Adam, you know, we were talking about apathy and lethargy and any other descriptor you want to apply to the Hawks, it was, it was like deja vu, like you said last week, all over again. And it's the sense of it feels like the same Hawks team with a slightly different cast of characters. Been very different um, the last few games, and two games in particular to me. Uh, the game against the, uh, the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, we're down like 20 points, I think, going into the second quarter. Jonte Murray. She takes over the whole game. I don't think I've said holy shit while watching a Hawks game as many times as I said during uh, the second quarter in that game. He just took over, man. It was like every play he was either scoring, getting a steal, or getting an assist. And he just could not be stopped. I've never seen, Adam, a Hawks player dominate both ends of the floor like that ever in my life. That is not hyperbole. It was stop what you're doing, 
and just both eyes glued to the TV watching the mastery that was DeJounte Murray. Also dropped a career-high 36 points in that game. The Hawks wanted to just destroy the Knicks in the second half. But I was amazed at the adjustments the uh, you know the overall team made, but just how Murray dominated that second quarter, man. I mean, that, that was something special. It turns out we jumped the gun a little bit last week when we started. You know, we, we just didn't take our own advice of, it's early in the it's season. It's early in the season. These guys need to gel. Yep. And then, like, we kind of just freak out after watching a couple bad games. It was mainly that Charlotte game that was so brutal. Yep. But, um, yeah, man, to come back and, like, kick the Knicks' ass like that after being down so big, make the big comeback, you're right. DeJounte Murray is, like, he's special. He's starting to rub off on this team as well. Yeah. Just, like, his defensive energy, his effort, it's starting to look a little different, Graham. And then uh, I think – what, the game against the Pelicans on Sunday, that was his triple-double. Yeah, he's great. You know? Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, this game against the Bucks last night where the Bucks come in at 9-0. and We don't have Trey Young. And it was like... There was some magic in the air, Graham. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, the A.J. Griffin coming out party. Jalen Johnson's looking like a real contributor. Nate is making adjustments. He sees... Oh wait, these young guys who I would normally never play, they're dominating. So it was like the third quarter when we were just crushed the Bucks. Deshante Murray was on the bench. Yeah, yeah, and it was AJ. Griffin John show. Collins was on the bench. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter was on the bench. Yeah, Trey Young's not out there. They're like, oh, this is working. Let's roll with these guys. Yeah, and I hope that was it. Know, was beautiful. It was really eye opening. I mean, the thing that really impressed me about um, AJ Griffin last night was you know you think of him more as a shooter pure shooter but he was you know i think when he made one three or two threes last night he shot the ball 15 times 10 of 15 from the floor majority of his work was done inside the arc he was making you know nice mid-range jumpers he was taking balls to the cup he was you know he was making plays where he was defended really well and and making shots um i i I was very very impressed by by him last night i mean i was like oh my god do we have something special here yeah we, we we you know it's 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 still very early in the season. This is his first real run. He played you know thirty one minutes, much more than he normally plays. But wow, really really loved what I saw from AJ Griffin. I hope it, this is a thing too where he still gets uh, you know more opportunities because I think he probably wouldn't have played as much if Trey Young had been playing. But hopefully this opens Nate McMillan's eyes a little bit to you know maybe you got something here. Yeah, we haven't talked about him too much mainly because we didn't know shit about it because we haven't done any research. We don't watch college basketball. We got to see it with our own eyes on the Hawks basketball court. That's the only place we're going to see basketball players specifically on the Hawks basketball court. And um, he is polished, man. Like he is, like you said, I in my head I was like, oh, I know he's really good at shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Here are his percentages at Duke. I've seen the shot. It's very smooth, silky smooth shot. But he is big. He is strong. He's a good ball handler. and Solid defender, too. Three steals last night. Yeah. I mean, th- that's the thing with Nate, like, with not wanting to play rookies, is it's usually because they don't hold up defensively. But he was being active defensively, getting in passing lanes. Yeah. He was – I saw the energy going for uh, boards, both offensively and defensively. And you, he was feeling himself. And this is a guy who, you know, coming out of high school, he was a number one, number two player in the country. Mm-hmm. Had some injury issues. And, you know, he dropped to us at 16, I believe. And, like, you know, so many people are saying that was a steal. And, uh, God, we honestly could have something here, man. Like, I've never seen any of these. Like, we, we've had the young athletic wings 
I mean, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. Uh, we've had a few going way back to Josh Childress. I've never seen Josh Smith. <laughs> Josh Smith. I haven't seen anyone look that polished, like with just an overall inside outside game. Um, six games in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Was, Unless we're, I mean, obviously Trey Young doesn't count. No. Like he's superstar level, but you know, we, but Trey Young is not a good defender. Right. right. So that's the thing I'm loving about, you know, what Griffin did last night, what, what Murray's done all season so far is like both ends of the floor. It's just, it's, it's just impressive. You don't have to be like, well, God, I hope, you know, backcourt defense holds up here. It's like backcourt defense is holding up. Or the wings holding up, you know, in Adrian Griffin's case. Last night was just everything. The Holiday Brothers, like, you saw, like, the whole schlank vision coming together. Yeah. Like, Justin Holiday was shooting well. Aaron Holiday was a menace defensively. Justin was a menace defensively. Like, the Bucks started off, like, ridiculously hot from three. And they had 11 five. made three-pointers in the first quarter or something like that. I know they were five for five starting out. Yeah. It, it was just, like... Sick, and they made adjustments. We were closing on these shooters. We were making them come inside. They come inside. They're dealing with John Collins. They're dealing with Capella. They're dealing with Okongwu. They're like Jalen Johnson is like he's looking pretty damn. I mean, he's a big boy. He's yeah. looking good defensively. He is an incredible passer. He's a good uh, playmaker in general. Yeah, he was very uh, nice stat line. Nothing like eye popping, but five points, eight rebounds, two assists in 21 minutes. It's, you'll, you'll take that every day of the week from your bench. And the bench was was big overall. I think they had 55 points um, score off the bench to like 30 for Milwaukee. Or maybe it was 59. I can't remember. They scored a, they scored like 25 plus more points than Milwaukee's bench. The bench were the heroes of this game for sure. Yeah, so I think like ideally long term, you got to think we still got Bogey coming back. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, you want AJ Griffin taking all of his minutes right now, but obviously Bogey will like become that six man. Yes, and you're uh, and you're going to have more injuries too, right? I mean, more injuries are going to happen. Like I, I think AJ Griffin will have to step up again when someone else goes down. We want this depth, but you can see like I think that was part of the division for when Trey's on the bench. Dejounte Murray's out there with the second unit running it, mm-hmm. so he can be out with the, there with those young guys, just like you know, dominating other teams' second unit. So. Yeah. Uh, I saw the vision last night, and they were having fun. And I don't know if you saw the post game interview with AJ Griffin, where you know this is his first time. Yeah, he was drenched in sweat. I've never seen a man sweat so profusely. I I think you must have watched it right after the Holiday Brothers poured water all over him. Oh, that's what it was. I think I was looking down. Okay, and then I was like, oh my god, look how look how sweaty he is. This guy really gave his life for this team. The Holiday Brothers came out and like poured water all over him, and like a couple other guys were just like messing around with him, and like it was like it it had some real Braves vibes to it. It's like Mm. oh these guys, and he like kept talking about how much he loves his teammates, and they were obviously so like I didn't know anything really about his personality or anything until watching that interview. And like, he, he's a very humble kid and you can tell that he works hard and like the players were all just so happy for him. Um, and I feel like this team in general, like some people might be inventing, there's like some rivalry between Trey and DeJounte for who's like the leader of this team. Like Trey's out there, like cheering as hard as anyone in the crowd last night. Yeah. Like you can have multiple leaders on a team. Yeah. You know? And, um, and this is good news because, you know, this team has had chemistry issues in the past, right? And it doesn't seem like that's happening so far, which is good. And it is also nice to see, like you were talking about, adjustments being made second quarter on that game. Milwaukee did miss a number of open threes, but we also were closing out much better on, on 
a lot of their three-point attempts as well, forcing the ball inside, like you said. So all around, it just seems like, yeah, they're enjoying themselves. They're playing better overall. And unlike Hawks teams prior, they're making adjustments when things aren't working. Yeah, which is fantastic to see. Um, really fun game to watch. I'm jacked up about Hawks basketball yeah, right now. it's funny the difference a week can make. Right. Um, no, we got I'll, – I'll backtrack a little bit on the Herder trade. Like, I see <laughs> – What's Herter doing now? He's well, still, no, he's, he's still doing great. Oh, okay. But I like I see like I think they put a lot of stock in AJ Griffin to be kind of like the Herder replacement, and also just like having all these defensive minded players now and Murray and the Holiday Bros makes a difference. And like you know, seems to be rubbing off on some other players as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and the thing I also love about this game is that the majority of your starters, um, you know, your everyday starters didn't play more than twenty five minutes. Dejounte played thirty two. But, you know, Hunter, Collins, Capella, 22, 23, and 23. So it's like, that. you know, it's early in the season. You don't want to be thinking that much about, you know, load management and stuff. But, you know, those minutes add up. If everybody's playing 35 minutes a game, that's just going to it's gonna wear you down. So it's great to, one, beat the Bucks the way they did. And, two, starters don't have to, uh, you know, kill themselves out there to do it. I mean, that what a, what a victory against, you know, what definitely definitely has been the best team in the league to do it without Trey and you save some minutes for your starters. I mean, it's just like cherries on top of cherries on top of cherries, chocolate sauce on there, taking a bath naked in that stuff, man. It's great. Yeah. And they, I mean, the schedule's pretty tough here for the next week or so. So, you know, hopefully they can kind of get away from what we saw last year where they wouldn't show up against the lesser opponents. And like they're running this back with the Jazz, who are the number one team in the league right now. So you got to get ready to go again. And, uh, yeah, looks like State Farm Arena is back to being a little home court advantage. Good to see them back playing at home for a little while. I think people are excited about this team. I think, you know, Murray's adding a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of the excitement factor. And if guys like A.J. Griffin and the Holiday Brothers keep bringing this, this effort, then that's only going to make it better. I mean, they're, they're, they're just so damn good in transition. Like, mm. transition offense, because of all these steals, you know, they, they have a bunch of guys that know how to finish at the rim. Um it's fun to watch, and like once it's like this, it's just downhill momentum. Like once they get rolling with these steals and these transition dunks, the crowd gets into it. Oh, how about that dunk a Kongu had on the oh offensive rebound God. over uh, Giannis? Yeah, I was just like, what? That was ridiculous. Yeah, Giannis. I saw some article today because you know for those athletic su- subscribers out there, uh, the Hawks don't have a beat writer, which still very which frustrating, is crazy, but. The Bucks beat writer was nice enough to like you know actually do dive in a little bit in the Hawks game, so us Hawks fans got to read about it. And uh, Giannis has apparently been very complimentative of Atlanta's defense, believe it or not. In terms of like any, he knows like any time he goes against us, it's going to be a battle. Mm. In terms of Capella, Collins, and Okongwu, and uh, he says that we we battle him harder than most other teams in the league. So Respect. that's nice to see. Yeah, like Okongwu, I feel like he's. He's still a project. Oh, yeah. He's, he's not he's there. Not like, he has times where he completely dominates and then times where he kind of just disappears. And But uh, he finishes around the hoop, which is a lot better than Capella, which is what you want to see. But he's, he doesn't rebound like Capella. Um, but, I mean, he can go toe-to-toe with anyone in the league. Yeah. yeah. Uh, defensively. Yeah. And I love that the, the Hawks forced 18 turnovers in this game. And um, I think they, they scored, uh, like, 15 points off turnovers in the third quarter or something like that. I mean, like you were talking about the transition 
offense. We actually have a team that's active defensively. It just makes such a big difference. And we're not giving up a lot of second um, chance opportunities either. Like that's the thing that always killed us against the Bucks is that they'd have those big bruisers in there and Lopez and Bobby Portis and you know flashing back to the the conference finals um, a couple years ago where it was like. Man, we're just they're just getting all these opportunities over and over again. I think they only had two offensive boards in the second half. Um, this 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 team is is turning a leaf here, and hopefully it continues. And, we're, and hopefully we're not back here next week being like, oh god, boring Hawks again. But I think um, it was a really inspiring effort, and you're seeing changes and you're seeing results, and um, and it's happening quickly. And that's the great thing about the NBA is that these things can happen quickly, and when you start building a little momentum like this, it can snowball in a good way. Yeah, a little early to look at standings, but I looked at them today. We're number four, number four. in the East. I like it. I'm sure. I mean, we wanted to get off to a hot start. You don't want to be the Lakers with their two wins. Yeah, woof, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's let's keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep watching those Hawks. I'll be really interested to watch the uh, – I think we play Philly back-to-back after – the Jazz game. Well, Philly's been bad too. They've been bad, but they always get up for us because they have that grudge, right? Yeah. Um, against us when we beat them um, uh, in, the, in the playoffs. So I, I'm, they always get up for us. I'm gonna, I'm be really interested to to watch that game, uh, both those games actually. So, well, yeah, I think that covers us for the Hawks. Hopefully, we keep this positive momentum rolling so we can actually. It was so nice watching the Hawks games um, that were enjoyable. It's the first time since like the playoffs. That it's been like, oh, this is a good game. Like, this is a team victory. This was, uh, I don't feel like I wasted two hours of my life watching this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, someone pointed out on, on Twitter, like, you could just see the difference. I think it was the third quarter. Giannis had, like, some huge dunk and, like, his bench goes crazy. Mm. And, like, last year, you would have seen, like, our team kind of just, like, hanging their head, Dejected. shrugging, yeah. like, being little slow to get back on offense and this year is like okay that happened let's so go back be it. Yeah. yeah yeah let's get him back and right it's good vibes really good vibes i like good vibes from my sports team scram yep yep and yeah. all three of them have pretty good vibes right now right yeah if no. there are power rankings based on cities teams vibes i think we're up there right we now. are up there for sure we are up there for sure and i think like results even though i know you know the falcons are still under 500 and everything but they got good vibes. They got good vibes. They're trying. Like, you can't look at any of the teams and be like, oh, this is boring. This is bad. Um, I, I don't want to watch this. So and That's all about just team chemistry. Yep. You know, I guess that would be a synonym for vibes. Yep. And uh, we got some pretty good coaches in place right now, well, I think. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I can't I can't say that about Nate. Yeah, yet. we still, like, we're, we're That was getting, one game. See, yeah. see, like, how you were so depressed on the Falcons. Yeah. Like, I feel like. We're on a high. Ba- we are based very off much like a high. One or two games because we got like a dopamine hit we're not used to getting. So we're just like, oh my god. <laughs> so like I said, <laughs> that interview, crazy. Yeah, he was so sweaty. You know, and, <laughs> I just missed that. I guess um, it was a crucial part. <laughs> yeah. So um, probably editing a podcast. Probably, um, but it was yeah. So it's like, but that is something to keep in mind. Still early. Just like we were too low last week, we can't okay. get too high this we'll week. Stay even. Stay we'll stay even. Stay even. But we're in- encouraged by what we're seeing. I think that's the consensus. I mean, that's the fun of sports, though. you got to be able to get up. Yeah, I'd be able to get down. wrapped like, up in it. You yeah. don't want to just not care. Right, or just sit there and be like... If you don't care, you're probably not a fan. Even keel, even keel. We're, yeah. not, a co- we're not coaches, for Christ's sake. No. We're fans. No, no, no. Exactly. So let's go crazy. Li- live and die every single game. Yes. It's the only way to do it. Yep. 
All right, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you again next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitominus up. Hospitominus up.